Welcome to Neo Chats, an interview style podcast focusing on educating neonatal nurses, caring for newborns and their families, hosted by Jenna Morton. It is a project of the Canadian Association of Neonatal Nurses, a nonprofit organization committed to the health and well being of newborns and their families. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Pampers. Welcome to Neo Chats. I'm your host, Jenna Morton. On this episode, we're exploring neuropromotion in the NICU and its relation to neonatal massage. Our guest is Kara Ann Weitzman. She's a neonatal occupational therapist with more than 30 years experience in the NICU. Among many things, she's founder of the Neonatal Touch and Massage Certification, widely regarded for her writing and presentations on various neonatal topics, and president of Creative Therapy Consultants, an organization that specializes in neonatal caregiver education and skills development. Welcome to NeoChats. Thank you for the opportunity to um, talk about this today and really thank you to all of you out there listening. So I know the majority of you are nurses and um, I just am thrilled and I hope that you know that you have one of the coolest jobs in the whole entire world. If you think about the fact that you take care of somebody's son or daughter in the most vulnerable time of their life, it's a huge, huge privilege to do that. It's a huge responsibility, but that privilege is so cool to be part of that family story forever. You likely are part of somebody's story where that family remembers you as being present when their daughter was born, or maybe you were there when she was extubated and you celebrated that with them. Perhaps you were there and provided her with that first listening touch massage and you showed mommy how to do that. And she will always remember that, that feeling she had when she fell in love with her daughter again. And that's because of you. As a nurse, you guys are there 24-7, changing lives of babies and families. And so thank you for doing what you do. I so appreciate you every day as a therapist. So I just love the fact that listening to this and knowing that as a neonatal provider, you are very um, clear about the fact that you don't just come into work to take care of babies. And I love that because we don't take care of babies in isolation of families, but within the context of families. And I think just knowing that bonding and attachment and that whole change in long-term growth and development that we can give is the best gift that we can give a baby and a family. And so it's just in talking about neuroprotection and that whole concept of um, understanding how massage fits into that is one of just another one of those opportunities that we can share that gift with these families. So I think to start with, as we talk about neuroprotective care, we need to just kind of remember who our babies are, who our clients are. And as babies are, babies in the NICU are at risk for things like motor discoordination and even cerebral palsy language and speech disorders, cognitive issues. These babies are more likely to repeat a grade in school, less likely to go to college, have lower emotional intelligence, and have more tactile defensiveness and even auditory processing issues that affect school learning. They have a host of other sensory processing issues also that affect life functioning in everyday life. ADHD, social emotional disorders, psychiatric disorders, our babies are more likely to have depression and PTSD, and they're even at more risk for schizophrenia. Those are the babies that we need to protect from a neuroprotective standpoint, and we need to promote development for. But just as importantly, we take care of their families, their parents who are scared to death. They're petrified. 
they're grieving the loss of that healthy term baby that they didn't have as they look at their little daughter who was born at 24 weeks or 34 weeks. They're learning a new language in our NICU and you're helping teach them that. And, and they're having a new babysitter every 12 hours that they've never even met. These moms and dads are more at risk for depression. They might not be eating and sleeping well. Therefore, they're gonna get grumpy and cranky even more so than they always already would in this just crucial time in their life. They're more at risk for acute stress disorder and these moms have postpartum depression risk and they both have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. These parents are more likely to get divorced and the list goes on and on. So knowing that this is who our babies and our families are that we care for, talking about things like neuropromotion and massage fits right in because these are the things that we can do to help decrease these risks and help them be all that they can be. So when talking about neuropromotion, some of you might be thinking like, well, I know what neuroprotection is. And so let's just kind of go back for a brief background on this because if you're like me, I've been practicing now um, over 35 years, and when I started, we started with this wave of this concept of thinking that babies had sensory deprivation, right? And so we were out there moving these little black and white cards all the way around, doing this, what we thought was sensory stimulation, and we thought that was cool. And in the long run, what we've learned, and to the credit of people like Dr. Stan Graven and colleagues, that it's not about too much or too little stimulation or sensory input, but it's that the timing of it, that the intensity of it, that the provision of it has to be based on the baby in the moment. So it matters who that baby is in regard to their postmenstrual age, their medical status, their developmental stage that they're in, their current state, what their readiness signs are in the moment for that activity, that noise, light, smell, touch, taste, movement. We know now that it's not just too much or too little because what is too much in one moment for little baby Annie might not be enough for little baby Annie in a different moment. So it's really learning how to assess our babies and knowing how to provide to protect them from the, the sensory environment that might cause them stress and also to promote their sensory exploration and their ability for their brain to have neuronal wiring for all of this. I hope that in that brief explanation, you see why it can't just be a recipe card. I feel like so commonly, I think it's because of our um, electronic documentation that led us to these checklists, check, check, check on the chart and now I've done my care today. And so we want these checklists for success of how to take care of babies or these recipe cards. If the baby's this old, what do I do? And the problem is it's not what you do, it's how you do what you do that's gonna make the biggest difference. Yes, you're gonna change that baby's diaper, but how do you change that diaper? Do you put the baby in Trendelenburg when you change the diaper, which is gonna increase that blood flow and potentially increase that risk for interventricular hemorrhage? Are you providing a fight or flight response every time you change that diaper because of how you're doing it? It's those little things that matter. For me, it's the difference between a really good chocolate cake and an awesome, great, fabulous chocolate cake. It's that little dash of something that your great-grandma told you about. It's that the way you stirred the batter instead of using a blender or a mixer. Maybe what, what rack you put the pan on in the oven. It's all those subtle little things that make that chocolate cake awesome 
And it is those subtle little things that paying attention to who that baby is in the moment and the care you're providing, whether it be neuroprotective or neuropromotional, to help that baby. A, a classic neuroprotective example is that we're shielding the baby from lights during a procedure. And while that's so awesome, we have to know how to do that so that we're not just putting on some band around the head, which is causing head molding issues now. Or that we've got these, these babies shielded from light 24-7 and now they're not getting any day-night cycling, which is very beneficial depending on their postmenstrual age and developmental status. So in understanding this neuroprotection and neuropromotion, I think um, in that recipe card that some people kind of want, one resource I want to um, lead you toward is, first of all, it's this, this program called SENSE, and hopefully you've heard of it, but SENSE stands for Supporting and Enhancing NICU Sensory Experiences. So it was developed by Dr. Bobby Pineda, um, who is a um, occupational therapist professor at WashU, and now she has moved from St. Louis to University of Southern California, and so that SENSE program has gone there. There's been multiple students and people help her with the development of this. But the beauty of it is, is it goes through some common um, post-menstrual ages and helps you as a caregiver, as a nurse or a bedside caregiver, as well as you help the parents of those babies learn in different post-menstrual ages what might be the neuroprotective and neuropromotional activities that might be helpful. What is the noise, light, smell, touch, taste, movement that is appropriate for these babies at these different ages? And that resource can be really helpful for that. Keep in mind that when we think of neuroprotection, we think of those things that we're going to avoid doing. You know, we're going to avoid interrupting their sleep. We're going to avoid having them have, you know, noxious smells and taste. And we're going to avoid having them have loud noises. We're going to try to keep our background noises under 45 decibels. And we're going to avoid that bright light in their eyes. But it's, from a neuropromotional standpoint, it's just as important that we're making sure that while we're doing things like avoiding those noxious tastes and smells, that we're promoting the use of breast milk, for example, that we're having them smell that, we're having them taste that, we're having scent cloths that the moms are wearing, that they're doing skin to skin so that they can smell their mommy and daddy. From a promotion standpoint, that we're encouraging our parents to talk and read and sing to, our baby, to their baby, and that we as a bedside caregiver, that you as a bedside nurse are doing that every day. Hey, little Maddie, I'm going to take your temperature and change your diaper and we're going to get you all ready so that you can come out and eat. And I'm just going to help you through all of this. And I'm so excited to be working with you today. And gosh, oh, it looks like you're a little stressed. Here, let's just take a little time out. I'm just going to put my hands on you and I'm going to give you that little hand hug. Oh, but that feels so good. Let's just take a minute. That's awesome. All right, now we're just going to do this next. All of those little ways of taking care of little baby Maddie in a way that helps her do the best she can. So it's not just the task of providing promotional activities, but doing it with them and not to them. And that is certainly integral from a massage standpoint when we start talking about that, is talking about how we do um, our activities with the baby and with the family and not to the baby or to the family. So when we talk about neuroprotection from a touch perspective, it's avoiding those adhesives and, you know, having the pull and the drag from the lines or the painful procedures and making sure we're not shearing the skin. But then from a promotional standpoint, providing that hand hug, that skin-to-skin -skin holding, of course, that neonatal massage, 
um, the, the non-nutritional sucking, the two-person caregiving, all of those things are part of all of that. And once again, that SENSE program kind of goes through how to do some of those things. So to move forward then and talk a little bit more about massage, um, I'm excited to do that. Let's just um, first just talk about some of the benefits that are in the literature for massage. And they are so, so many. There are so many studies now that are actually a lot of um, complete randomized controlled trials and systematic reviews and meta-analysis, for example, for increased weight gain. Definitely massage, um, if massage benefits for increased weight gain, as much as 46% increased weight gain. Some of the recent articles talk about a minimum of five grams a day that are being seen. So to statistically significant meta-analysis with this whole idea of increased weight gain. And it's not just about weight, but we're finding that actually increased chest size and head circumference and um, thigh size. And so it's really just helping that whole baby grow and develop. And of course, there's lots of studies on improved digestion. And um, the beauty of this digestion, it's talking now about just even like a, a new study in 2020, it talked about statistically significant reduction in like mean gastric residual volume, which is huge, less frequency of vomiting with massage, reduce abdominal girth with massage, so just less distension, which is so awesome. There's some great studies talking about the I Love You massage, which is the abdominal massage we teach in our neonatal touch and massage certification. And it's linked toward reducing that frequency of vomiting episodes, and once again, the residual volume, um, improving the defecation, was significantly improved. So just a lot of things from a digestion standpoint and elimination. And when we start talking about elimination, we can start talking about those lower bilirubin levels. That's huge with massage. We can really impact so that that baby is actually stooling and getting you know rid of their bilirubin and actually being able to go home sometimes. And the studies are showing like 19 hours earlier. So we're reducing length of stay by just providing that little massage and or even preventing that hospitalization through that. Decreased stress and pain. We could go on and on about this all day because massage is designed um, depending on what kind of massage, but the listening touch massage that we teach is designed to be very parasympathetic. So it's rest and digest. It's lowering those cortisol levels. There's even a recent study in 2020 that um, talked about UVC placement. And when you did a massage 15 minutes prior to that umbilical venous um, catheter insertion, that those babies actually had um, improved or comparatively the control group that didn't get the massage had increased heart rates and oxygen saturation decreases and greater PIP scores and increased recovery time. So those, those infants that had the massage first didn't have all of that background problems from their line insertion. Improved sleep is huge because of that parasympathetic response. Of course, brain maturation and the acceleration of that autonomic nervous system, that parasympathetic response, so that you have that rest and digest, that lower heart rate, oxygen saturation, circulation, all of those things. Some really cool um, improved immune function with massage, um, for infant massage, and this because of those killer T cells that are on the skin. There's some great, um, concepts out there now talking about the secretory IgA, which has to do with your gastrin and your respiratory um, infection immune systems and how it can really help with that. And that was a, a new study this year that's pretty cool. It can improve with temperature stability and bone density, um, neurological development, of course. 
Even feeding readiness and feeding efficiency can be improved with massage, and that was the HOPE program done by Dr. White Trout, Rosemary White Trout, and of course, decreased length of stay. So there's so many benefits from a infant standpoint. And then let's just talk about what it does for parents. You guys, it's huge. The, the benefits for these moms and these dads are just incredible. So we know that when moms are doing massage, um, for our little preterm babies and a 21 um, study talked about just the overt um, anxiety levels were significantly different in those moms that were doing massage. And we know that it can affect their complete mental health. Um, so just having improved maternal daytime mood, uh, reduced depressive symptoms, self-esteem, sense of empowerment as a parent and reducing that parenting stress is huge from a mental health standpoint to prevent that PTSD and acute stress disorder that I said that these moms are at risk for and these families are at risk for. Bonding and attachment, that oxytocin relief is huge because we know then that there's that um, stronger bonding and attachment and it gives these families an increased confidence and competence in caring for their infants, which is just incredible. Some of the mechanisms, because you might be wondering, well, how does this all work? Some of the mechanisms by which you get some of these incredibly awesome um, things is, or results, is that it's speculated that the pressure receptors and that stimulation for the massage actually increases your vagal activity. And of course, that vagal activity then is stimulating that gastric motility and it's getting that secretion of that food absorption, so insulin and gastrin, and thereby that promotes digestion and growth. And so you get, once again, that weight gain, body length, head circumference, arm circumference kind of things. And then, um, you know, reducing the stress by that increasing that parasympathetic response, that rest and digest. So you've got that lower heart rate and that lower cortisol level, which improves sleep. And we all know sleep is so healthy and beneficial. That tactile stimulation with massage is also in some studies talking about reducing melatonin, which can adjust that circadian rhythm, which is so important for improving sleep. And then, of course, there's animal models that also suggest that synaptogenesis and neuronal survival of the hippocampus, which is where our emotional memory is stored, which is huge. It improves, therefore, that cognitive development, cradle spatial um, learning and memory performance. So lots of things about that. And then just in terms, as I mentioned, that whole parent um, changes is really about that concept of oxytocin release that happens just like it does with skin to skin. It also happens with massage. Now I'm mentioning all this about massage, but let me just repeat what I said about neuroprotection and neuropromotion, that it depends how you do what you do. When people talk about like, you know, getting trained on massage strokes, and it's not as simple as that. Like we provide a certification because you have to understand all the foundational pieces behind how to do the parts of listening to the baby. How can you identify how to touch this baby versus this one? How can you identify who's ready for that and what this baby is saying and what kind of things that we can do for this baby from a um, neonatal massage standpoint. So while I'm infant massage certified, I don't use that in the nursery because that would not be neuroprotective and it can be even harmful. We want to promote development. We need to make sure that we're not overstimulating by lots of strokes and things like that. So I hope that this podcast has given you some ideas of protection, promotion, um, and using things like the listening touch massage to help benefit our babies and our families. 
I want to just reiterate that you as nurses, you're there 24-7. And as a therapist, I can do great things from a therapy perspective, and I can make great recommendations. But if you're not as a whole following through with all of those things and providing that neuropromotional care, it's not going to make the impact. I just want to remind you that there's not a neurosurgeon in the country that has a bigger impact on a human's brain than you do every single day when you work in the NICU. So thank you for making the difference in the life of a baby and family. I appreciate you. When we certainly appreciate you sharing all that. It's so heartwarming and motivating and, and just empowering. And I just want to ask one final question of you for all of the, the healthcare practitioners who are listening to this and now feeling all just, yes, we can do better. We can do our best. We can make this happen. If they don't feel like this is happening enough already in their environment, how how do you suggest people go about advocating or, or introducing some of this into their workplace? It's a great question. So I think um, I always, you know, my first answer is go to the literature. And of course, sometimes people are like, just turned off the podcast now because who wants to read the literature, right? Um, but I'm very passionate about making sure that we can change the lives of babies and families everywhere. And, and so that's why we have the neonatal um, touch and massage certification is it is a 15 hours of online education as well as one day for nurses and two days of therapists of learning all of this background stuff and how to change your practice tomorrow. And so if anybody's interested or just needs some boost to help kind of get things started in their unit, by all means, just reach out to me. I, I, love to hear from you and I'd love to help you through that process because I believe with my whole heart, we can change the next generation of babies and families if we provide this. Thank you so much for taking the time to share all this. Oh, thank you. Karen Weitzman is head of Creative Therapy Consultants, an Ohio-based organization that specializes in skill development and education for neonatal caregivers. She's received the National Association of Neonatal Therapists inaugural Pioneer Award, the March of Dimes Healthcare Worker of the Year Award, and many other professional accolades. NeoChats is a project of the Canadian Association of Neonatal Nurses. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Pampers. Find additional clinical resources, publications, and educational tools on the Pampers professional website at pgsciencebehind.com. The content producer and host is Jenna Morton technical production by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub. For more information on the association, visit our website at www.neonatalcan.ca or our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages.